for the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Listeners, this is Caleb Truth, and you are now listening to Beyond the Veil on InnerLightRadio.com, where we go beyond the surface level of reality and dive deep to reveal hidden truths and exciting revelations. Thank you so much for joining us again here today for another episode. This is episode seven, just so you know, going on strong. And yeah, before I get started, also I just want to give a quick shout out to my peeps that are in my community that is online and offline. I'm not going to name names yet. Um, but thank you all so much for the encouragement that you've been giving me over the past like few weeks as I started this radio program. Uh, I really value it and I'm so grateful. Starting this program wasn't totally easy. It was tough. Even my producer knows I had to get over a lot of insecurities and fears and self-doubt and a lot of these kinds of things. And Fully stepping into that purpose and, and stepping into that fire, into that power, that inner power, you know, it feels great. And so I hope that this show can help encourage more of you to do the same. So now going into the next stage of things, going to the conversation we're going to be having today, we're going to be talking about archetypal energies. And uh, and before I introduce my guests, just, just to go a little bit deeper into dealing with archetypes, our ancient ancestors from all corners of this globe for, for thousands of years were observing, witnessing, and taking stock of the, the, these cycles of energies that were going on on the planet. And through them observing these energies over a period of time, they began to see patterns and how these patterns were organized, how these patterns had certain consequences on the earth, on uh, you know, civilization on ourselves personally, our health, you know, relationships, all these kinds of things. And over time, they were able to create their own form of uh, spiritual tradition, rituals, um, things of that kind to help them better navigate those energies and make the most out of it. And so going into these archetypal energies, it's, it's, it's very valuable. You know, we see this in the world of astrology and, and tarot and also in uh, numerology as well, the, the, these divination arts. And they help us to better understand the energies that we're in, what it means, what are the, 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 the pluses and the minuses, what are the, the, the pitfalls and the benefits, you know. And when we are able to gain that awareness, it makes our reality so much easier to navigate. And 
going into the energies that we're in right now quickly, as, as I was stating in my live stream, you know, being in the Scorpio season, we're having this current full moon right now in Taurus. And, you know, we're questioning a lot of stuff about reality, our, the value of our relationships, um, you know, our jobs, money, you know, all these kinds of things. Who's loyal to us? And it's going to continue. It's going to get even more intense. So the more we, work we do on ourselves to, you know, figure all these little tidbits out in, in our in our reality, things are going to get a little bit more smooth. And going into dealing with the, the, these this polarity of Taurus and Scorpio energy, these archetypal energies, we're dealing with, you know, lust and desire versus having and building, you know. Scorpio is like, I desire, I want. Taurus is like, I have, I'm building. And it's like, in this current reality we're living in, you know, being in this like matrix system, if we get caught up in the lower 3D, you know, energies of Scorpio, which is like the, the sexual desire, the temptation, the manipulation, all these things, you know, being in this Disneyland, being um, tempted by consumer products and all the distractions we have it's going to take us away from realizing what it is we're actually building what value does it have what value are all these things we're being tempted to to, to buy have in our life like what's it going to give to us is it going to help us grow ourselves is it going to help us to come into greater alignment with ourselves is it helping us achieve greater health and balance and peace what's happening with all that we're going to talk a lot more about that in previous shows. We're going to talk about consumerism and the advertising industry. That's going to be an amazing show. But yeah, so let's let's dive deep here with Beth Martin. My Beth Martin's my guest today talking about archetypal energies and how we can use this to better navigate our reality and establish more abundance and peace within our own lives. So thank you so much, Beth, for joining me today. What a huge pleasure. <laughs> I just love your introduction. You are such a powerhouse. Thank you. <laughs> Khadija, right? Did I get your your proper yes. name right? Yep. Yep. Khadija, but yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Khadija, Khadija, got there it. You I'm go. working, on it. <laughs> working on it. Working on it. No, this is amazing. The, what an alignment it is somehow between the two of us. I'm, I'm blown away. We're two Scorpio sisters. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, I was listening to you talk about the Scorpio measuring myself where i'm at with that lust and desire <laughs> and yeah it's powerful energy isn't it like you know like scorpio mm. people can be like very sexual and very intense we have this like magnetic energy but what i find in looking at the ar archetypal energy of scorpio is that it has its phases like there's the scorpion there's the eagle and there's the phoenix mm. and as we transcend you know these these lower energies of, of lust and sex and temptation all these things we go a little bit higher and it seems we're able to tap more into our, our psychic gifts which mm. is why we make such great healers and psychics right because right. they're able to like dive into these deeper worlds of mystery and hidden things that are hidden and transmute mm. the shadow side the darkness mm. and use that power to realize that we don't need to be controlled by you know those temptations we can you know tap into an, another form of pleasure which is mm. you know being self-empowered and tapping into our own creative gifts exactly. and then you're not so much tempted after that with sex you're like you know yeah sex is great i want to have sex but hey i can also go over here and create a sustainable community or i can go over here and create some art or you know do something else that's going to have long-term value which is the other polarity of taurus Mm. it's gonna last mm. mm -hmm. but yeah, mm -hmm. going into into your journey like how did you come into discovering 
this this magical reality of archetypes. I, I was just going to say it was my lust for truth and freedom. Uh, and and uh, actually to survive, because the original introduction that I had to archetypes, well, there was a couple of ones. So I studied academically, I have a degree in anthropology, and was introduced to the work of, of Carl Jung, but only at the head level. I didn't really dive in. And it wasn't until I was on my deathbed with a stage four lymphoma and a second diagnosis that they said I was going to not survive, that somehow archetypes I knew were the key to me having a breakthrough uh, whether it was to die, you know, to be at peace with dying or to or to to wake up and uh, and continue to live. I didn't know, but I knew that archetypes held the keys for me. And it's uh, actually really amazing that I had done everything to save my life at, you know, unbelievable. I invested a lot of money, lots of natural cures, went for the, the conventional stuff when natural wasn't working. And when I tweaked one archetype that I now know to be you, you called this the badass, uh, you know, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was the rebel, but it's more mermaid, uh, which includes that badass for sure. <clears throat> then I began to survive and never had to look back. So that's the power of archetypes to reclaim energy that we need to heal or do whatever it is in our life that's on our own mission. I think that's that's absolutely incredible. Like after you and I had that first conversation, I went back and I I was thinking about that. Like, well, you know, what archety archetype am I in? Where am I being blocked? You mm. know, it's like where 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 do my energies need to be cleansed and cleared? And mm. I find myself moment to moment, you know, in deep introspection, thinking about, you know, why am I feeling like this? What's causing that? How can yeah. I get rid of that or transmute those energies and yeah. find more peace and balance again? And I think that we all have that ability to be your own healers and, you know, do the work. Yeah, I had no idea how to heal from cancer, but energy does. And and when you, you stop using it to suppress the things that we don't like because they don't, you know, they don't seem to fit. Uh, you and I were talking before the call about uh, about religion and how, you know, it's all about replacing our own confidence in our inner experience with some belief system. And so for me, surviving cancer was that journey inward to go, okay, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> I need to pay attention. I need to treat it as all valid and begin. You know, Carl Jung is such a, a beautiful um, mentor to me, you know, even, even in the spirit, I would say, because his primary thing is really about going inward. And if you can't find it inward, don't treat it as real. Mm -hmm. don't, don't treat it as an authority over you. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, and it's the bravest thing you can do because the inner life, it's a thing we're avoiding like the plague. It doesn't It doesn't feel good. I like that idea too because it's like if we don't have our own experience with something, I feel like we, we can't, we should be making it the center of our reality. We yeah. need to have our own experiences with these things before taking it so seriously. I think it's, it's nice, it's respectable mm -hmm. to um, consider something, but to just take it, for what it is, and then all of a sudden start believing in it is dangerous. We have to have that 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 in between phase of discernment. We have to well, investigate. Exactly, which and, is another and, great energy of Scorpio, by the way. Mm, <laughs> We're love investigators. it. Investigators. Oh, love it. I'm taking notes on that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you know, because there's so many distortions out there in terms of what we're told to believe and think and feel, and it doesn't match. Like, you know, number one. I always like this example because there are actually 13 moons in the year 
And then we got a calendar with 12 months on it. Mm-hmm. So it messed with our own inner experience because otherwise we can use the natural world as such a gauge for, you know, what, what should happen now? What's favored? Should I plant seeds or should I clean up my mess? You know, is it time to run hard as, you know, and, and release like this, this is full moon energy or is it time to be reflective and pull back? But without having, you know, without, with, by following a time system that doesn't match nature, we're forever, you know, women, especially, uh, we're forever out of sync now, I think this this also plays into like you know how they've been trying to destroy the sacred feminine on this planet for I don't know, I, I think probably at least the last two thousand years, where yeah. I think we yeah. had more of the lunar calendar before. Yeah, and you know as I think we've seen in the Mayan civilization and other civilizations in, in China and elsewhere where they had this lunar calendar and all of a sudden it's no it's solar based now, mm-hmm. it's all sun based mm-hmm. sun worship and all and all these right. things right. So, like, What's right. going on with that? Why can't can yep. we have a calendar that does both? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. both like, equal in their own way and, and valuable in their own way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, so as you said, they definitely threw us off our rhythm when they did that. You know, we're not we're not in this harmonious relationship with nature anymore. We're like off kilter. And it's like all these other ancient these ancient um, civilizations had like you know their their structures that they built like Stonehenge and the Great Pyramid and then other uh, places in, in, in uh, Mexico, like these mine pyramids that are down there, the Pyramid of the Sun and the Moon, that mm-hmm. like were able to reference the, the equinoxes and, mm-hmm. you know, certain phases. And it's like clearly our ancestors were brilliant, super brilliant. And yeah. they, they, they saw the value in being in harmony with nature. And yes. how, you know, you saw the effects and how moving and flowing with that energy was beneficial and yeah. going against it wasn't. Exactly. And the biggest lie that we're told is that the, the basis of nature is that it's, uh, it's, it's usable, it's non-renewable, it's, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're basically in a paradigm of lack that every time you turn around, you're getting another message of what we don't have enough of. It's like food. The predicting the very false prediction that we're the earth is going to be or two thirds of the people are going to be out of water by 2025 or 2023. I've heard, um, you know, the earth produces water in the mantle of the, the core of the earth. It does nothing but produce water. That's why we have waterfalls and springs that literally spring eternal. That's where that expression came from. You know, there's wow, so much, that's, that's there, amazing. I know there's so much evidence for the abundance of earth like it just wants to give us everything this is a kind of heaven that we're in on this earth but because the you know we've been split up with this other paradigm of lack and it again it keeps us like we might have some kind of tune in to attunement with the abundance but we're split because we have to operate within lack Right. And, and this is one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about supporting women entrepreneurs with uh, a real passion and a real mission to be valued for their authentic life purpose, because that's how like that's the reason we came on Earth in this first place to turn this whole thing around. Yes, absolutely. I truly right? believe that. Right. To turn it back to nature and and you know, use the paradigm of lack, you know, the business world, and we have to survive. This is, this is, uh, as long as we live in a slave society, or we condone to live in a slave society, then, you know, this is the way we show and receive value. And this is the way that we are 
meant to like a life purpose is something that's got several sides Two two main ones being like how we contribute, but also how we receive. So there's a really natural flow in that, that that's aligned with nature. Mm-hmm. And then once again, it plays on this theme of each individual going back into themselves and developing that's a greater it. relationship with their, with their sacred feminine. Yes. And to be, to be able to feel comfortable to receive and then mm. to give and to nurture. Right. Because we're, we're all of it. We're, we're the, I know, you know, this, the masculine and the feminine, mm-hmm. even, even that's a bit of a sham, how they, how they split that up and called, called women feminine as if that's the feminine, you know, the divine feminine and then men represented some other thing, this divine masculine. And it's like, so it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, after eight trips to India, it's not the story that the ancient, uh, wise ones were telling, mm-hmm. right? We're all the feminine men, women, animals, trees, whatever, whatever it is in existence, it's all feminine. It's all that, that, uh, that level of creation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the so just, I'm, I'm curious yeah, about your, I'm curious about your, your trips to India. Like that must've been absolutely incredible. Like for me, my grandparents, like my, yeah, like my grandfather on my dad's side, he's like, they come from Calcutta, India. And I've always been so curious to go back there and experience wow. the culture. I haven't done it yet, but one day I'll get around to it. But yeah, mm-hmm. what was your experience like? Like what spiritual insights did you come into when you were there? Yeah, that was the sole purpose of being there. <clears throat> For sure, I I went to do my own inner work, um, which turned out to be a really good thing for me because the the guru that I studied with and the you know the white bearded guru on the mountain uh, turned out to be a pedophile. And, oh my lord! Yeah, and you know some other crazy things were going on, but I was I was turning inward, so I wasn't noticing that stuff. I did I I became very aware of it when victims came forward many years later. Uh, the same year I was diagnosed with cancer, actually, that that whole thing hit the newspapers here in the Toronto Globe and Mail. Wow. C- carried a story about it. But uh, so, you know, for me, it was an awakening on many levels, just, just to begin the process of inner exploration. But I made the mistake for, the, for that first, you know, for the eight years that I was at, involved at first, using my spirituality and meditation, all those, you know, kind of superpowers that you develop by concentration and really putting your focus in a strong way, you know, concentrating your focus, I used it to get up and out of my inner experience because I didn't like my inner experience. I don't, I don't like how I feel. I don't like my thoughts. I don't like, you know, most of what we're experiencing is some kind of discomfort. So like you became like an escapist. You're trying to escape your, your, like 3D reality, basically, through spirituality. Exactly. exactly. I was under stress. I was, you know, at the same time I'm traveling to India, I'm working full-time in the corporate world with my with my family's firm. I felt very obligated to that. And for me, there was literally no way out except using these practices to vacate. And, and they did make me, you know, quote-unquote happy and feel elated and have all these very high experiences but all of a sudden i've got a stage four lymphoma to show for it wow that's what i love about your journey is that like you know once again we're seeing this pattern of people who are in the corporate world you know busting their asses working super hard going going getting it you know they have the financial uh trophies to prove it but then at what cost that's it 
that's it. And it was it wasn't worth it, right? I was being paid. I had this great lifestyle. It was, uh, you know, we were hosting amazing women like the Maya Angelou and the Duchess of wow. York, and you know, we were we were doing all this really sexy work, so to speak. <clears throat> but it was so empty, and it made me pursue on the side my spirituality so intensely. But because I was already, you know, really messed up, then it it was just a road to hell. Um, I was, I was desperate to get out of it. I prayed, I prayed for a way out of it, but I, you know, I, I, I basically I'm a stand now for helping women not have to go so deep into denial like I did. Mm -hmm. So, so they're not in trouble by the time they turn around and claim their life purpose as the, the thing that they do on earth. It's like absolutely incredible. I think your, your story is really inspiring. And really amazing. I think it takes a lot of courage. Like I, I moved out to Calgary in 2008 when the yeah. economy crashed here. And um, uh, in Toronto, it was tough. It was very tough to get jobs. And I had just graduated from school. Mm. And I, I, like, I felt horrible. I was like, oh, my God. I just like, you know, worked my ass off to like get my, the, my dream job. And there's nothing. Mm. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I go to Calgary. There's lots of opportunities there. I got lots of interviews. But then I, I got this firsthand experience, this taste of the corporate world. And thankfully, immediately, my spirit rejected it. I was like, I can't, I can't stand the phoniness. I can't stand the the butt kissing and mm -hmm. the 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 workplace politics. Like, I, I'm just like, forget it. <laughs> I just couldn't For do sure. it. For and, sure. and I and I saw how people were gaining great success and and they had the money and they had the status, but I I saw very quickly that they were not happy on the inside, like they didn't know yeah. who they were. Their whole yeah. identity was wrapped up in this, like the money and the status and 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 all that stuff. But yeah, they didn't know who they were and why the hell they were here. And mm -hmm. then they meet people like me and others who were maybe not having as much money, but were more invigorated by life more mm -hmm. passionate and just more on fire and then they're like mm -hmm. what, what are you drinking can i have it <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing with your life like what's going yeah. on yeah um, exactly but, like, so going further like in, in the discussion like uh with your your battle with cancer in what moment did you come into this uh, these ideas of archetypes Literally after I'd been told I wasn't going to survive without doing a stem cell transplant, and uh, it's an extremely brutal process. I'm just actually writing about it right now. And half the people die doing it, and uh, it takes wow. a year to even begin recovering. I have a uh, my son's uncle died of a stem cell transplant in this in the very same circumstance. I watched him become a literally a nothing. That is scary. Like, yeah. I can't imagine we must have been feeling like in that moment, like, oh, my God, this is like life or death. Right. Yeah, because they were saying you either have no chance to live with no treatment or you have half a chance to live with a stem cell transplant. And it's really no great choice there. So it, it pushed me inward in a way I'd never gone so deep before. Uh, again, I was just drawn to work with the archetypes. It was Carolyn Mice's year that she published The Sacred Contracts. Uh, I went out and I and I I took that I took that work on to discover my own archetypes like a full time job for like three months, literally ninety days, uh, day in day out, night and day, studying inward to see if I could bring these archetypes that were so unconscious to the surface. Because you know when you face it, it's like just a wall of soup. Mm -hmm. You know you go in and it's a it's a like it seems like a mess. It seems like chaos, but it's like you said in in the text that previewed this call that it's uh, it's actually highly ordered. This universe is highly ordered, and 
we can tap into that order and we can learn to discriminate. One very important thing is between consciousness and unconsciousness. So, you know, thanks to the, the, like the work that's been done by Carl Jung, Carolyn Mice, many other people in the archetype field, um, Carol Pearson. Oh, I just love that woman. Uh, so we can see how the archetypes operate in the consciousness. We can also see what their challenges, struggles, pitfalls, you know, when they're in the unconscious, the, when they're, when they're conscious, they're basically an expression of love and, and love supports life. Sounds like a cliche, but this, this was really the bottom line that I, that I used to survive. And when we're operating from the unconscious, because, we, you know, we're in denial, we've disowned archetype energy for one reason or another, it acts out, it doesn't just like lay down and die or go to sleep, it becomes almost like an enemy or a demon in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so it right. starts to suck out your energy, your life it force. It sucks the life right out of you. Mm-hmm. That was the big mystery, like what is killing me? I'm doing all the right things, poured thousands and thousands of dollars into my health, Um you know, and so, so it's a very simple thing that if you tap into it, it's kind of, you know, it, it takes, it doesn't take, never will take the mystery of life away, only deepens it, but it lets you work in that context that is somewhere like it's a map, right? So this is a, something, my most recent discoveries about archetype work is that it's really a journey. And this was inspired by Carol Pearson's work as well. So if you're looking for my source on how I came to it, um, I woke up out of many, you know, I'm a Scorpio, so I've been through many death experiences. Oh, yes, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, including, including the death of both of my parents. So it was in those experiences in the last three, four years now, that I awakened to the archetypes that are really specific to what I I came to know as, you know, myrrh, it's not really mermaid, there's no maid in there, it's myrrh, this is like the, the of the sea energy that is um, master at navigating the emotional underworld. That you know? is fantastic. I love how you put that. That's amazing. It, thank you. It's, uh, I'll just credit Lucy Cavendish, I believe, was where I picked up that phrase. It, it absolutely nails it. So, you know, this I had already been doing this, but I didn't know what to call it. And it was at that time in this deep grief of, of uh, losing my father and clearing the slate to such a great extent, I didn't know who I was all of a sudden. And that's when this myrrh energy and the eight archetypes I found within her, if we want to call her a her, uh, were revealed to me, literally. I, I didn't I never had an interest in mermaids. I wasn't reading about mermaids. I wasn't looking for mermaids. I literally, you know, didn't give it a thought. But there it was coming to me in visions, in dreams, in physical experiences as if hallucinations. And uh, and then I finally was able to, to you know, archetype energy, again, it's, it blurs. But then when it's clear, it you can't even believe you didn't see it. So it was there all along. Mm-hmm. And it seems, it seems like such a, like a divine thing that you you came into this information being a scorpio and a female you know our sign as scorpios is ruled by water so Mm. it just it just feels like that that was all just meant to happen (laughs) beautiful beautiful and then so it was a big piece of the puzzle now when my mom passed away because the otherwise i had been looking at archetypes as kind of like static satellites and 
you know, having a lot, I, I saved my life that way. It wasn't wrong, but it's deeper than that. It is about a journey. It's about, you know, however we go through our life, we, we take up the call that life has offered us or that we've, you know, you could say we agreed to some sacred contract or mission on earth. And it's easy not to accept that call because it's, it's freaky. It's out of the comfort zone. That's exactly what the journey is about. And so, you know, this is an archetypal journey. We are all somewhere on this journey at all times. And by learning to recognize where you're at and what energies prevail in it, then there, a lot of amazing things can happen. You, you, first of all, you see, you know, what are the pitfalls? Why might you be stuck where you are in this moment? Mm-hmm. So we got to go on a, on a break in about a minute. Okay. Um, before we go on break, uh, can you tell them where you, they can find more information about your work? For sure. I would love to invite them into uh, my website, bethmartins.com. And if you visit bethmartins.com backslash nature child, I have an invitation to a deep dive into the nature child archetype, which is the beginning of this journey that I'm talking about. Uh, so in it, you're going to learn the five elemental steps for turning denial and betrayal into sustainable superpowers. So this is a it, this is for those preneurs, those merpreneurs who want to use their life purpose to make a huge difference in the world. So again, it was Beth Martins, which is spelt uh, M A R T E N S dot com backslash Nature Child. Awesome. Sign up for free for a November sixteenth. So if you're all out there, you're a budding entrepreneur, you're a creative like myself, you're a visionary, and you want to help unlock more of your gifts, head on over to her website and sign up and follow her. This woman knows what she's talking about um Thank so you. we're gonna we're gonna go on a quick break and when we come back we're gonna explore more about this concept of the nature child and and these other archetypes so we'll be right back Never will. 
If you're ready to change your life, you've come to the right place. My name is Caleb Truth, and I'm your catalyst dedicated to sharing good vibes, mind-expanding, and heart-centered information. Knowledge is power. In this fast-paced world, it is so easy to get distracted by the matrix and miss out on connecting with the right people and information that will truly help you in living your best life. On this radio program, I save you time and energy by sharing awesome people, new discoveries, life solutions, and wisdom to help you take action and create a positive shift in your life. I invite you to join me and share in this exciting adventure. Listen to Beyond the Veil on innerlightradio.com every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Beyond the Veil, inspiring conscious evolution. For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to innerlightradio.com, the healing frequency. All right, and we're back from the break. If you're with us, thank you so much for joining us. I truly hope that you find great value in this program and walk away with greater insights and inspiration that so you can use that to, you know, empower yourselves and live more of a fuller life and, you know, enjoy yourself. Uh, so going back in, into the conversation we were having before the uh, the break, we were talking about archetypes, and Beth was getting into explaining uh, the energies of this nature child archetype. So Beth, if you could like dive deeper into that realm, uh, what what encompasses this nature child archetype? Yeah, so her her basis, I, I, I can't stop saying her. So if there's any men in your audience, please don't be offended by that. It's not actually about women and, and men, as I said before. But um, so so the nature child, which I also nicknamed nature babe, just because I've got a lot of women in my in my world. Uh, she is the innocent, the classical innocent. She's not the only version of the innocent, but it's that time of life where we are you know we're not we're not in our wisdom but we're in a we're in a in a kind of innocent wisdom you know the one that where, where a child doesn't know it's separate from you know the dog the cat the earth the sky the sun the moon that the earth the, the child can't tell the difference between the two as if there's nature and self mm-hmm. it's it's all one now now the nature child actually has to be when when you look at her in the context of a journey she has to be betrayed because if she stays in this you know kind of innocent bliss it really adds up to a kind of ignorance she's terrified of losing her innocence but really the the true underlying unconscious fear is to lose that ignorance because she knows if she wakes up to how you know crappy it is actually out there what's being done to the natural world in this day and this age that's been happening for thousands of years then she's going to have to you know not live in her in her bliss anymore mm-hmm. it's going to shake her up it's going to get her into action it's going to get you know so so that's my goal with doing a really deep dive with the nature babe is to bring that innocence into a place that is wise with eyes open and ready to take action, fearlessly moving through the journey that each person came here to complete. 
As you were talking about that, I, I like I immediately saw these visions in my mind being a child watching these Disney movies. I mean, I don't like to reference Disney all the time, but that was part of my <laughs> the magic and experience growing up. But sure. like, yeah, we you all know again fairy tales that have they have a lot of these archetypal energies and like watching yep. a lot of these fairy tales growing up. I think this this was a definite thing for some of these these characters where like they they're living in this 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 innocence that can also be a sense of ignorance they just don't right. know and then you know darker things happen and then they're forced to open their eyes up to like uh, like a darker shadowy side of reality and then when exactly. they have to go through that hero's journey and, and traverse that shadowy world they develop greater gifts and and learn more about themselves and exactly then, yeah exactly yeah the biggest fear of the nature child is betrayal and so inevitably what we are afraid of, we are calling in. We're, we're, we're actually making it happen by, there's a, the ma- fear is a magnet. <laughs> Whatever you're afraid of, you're calling it. And I was, I was afraid to die and be sick. And there I was in exact, exactly that position. Mm-hmm. So to work with the nature child and, you know, it, to, to go inward and face that fear of betrayal and allow the betrayal to happen and see that it's not actually death. It's a source of greater renewed life purpose and, uh, and ultimate freedom. Cause that's to me, the punchline behind every little bit of inner work that you should do. You should experience the freedom of that. I also feel like behind this fear of betrayal, I think is also the fear of the pain of betrayal. Right. And I, I think that it could also be a part of this experience, uh, to learn that, if it happens, it doesn't have to be like you say the death of you. You can transcend that pain and move on and yeah. move forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The the fear that we go through, the shadows of these archetypes have one sole purpose, and that is to maintain their own existence. Like not your existence, but their own existence. So fear's only purpose is to perpetuate fear. Mm-hmm. And so... Once we get hip to that game and we realize, oh, there's so much more, <laughs> right? In, in the awakened place, it's just like endlessly, endless possibilities. But with fear, there's only one possibility. And it's, okay, I'm digging my heels in. I'm not looking up, you know. So again, um, betrayal and denial, major shadows of this nature child archetype. So how do you, how do you feel like that, that plays out right now in our collective reality? Do you feel that a lot of people are stuck in this archetype mm-hmm. or in the shadow side of, the ar- of this archetype? Yep. Head in the sand, right? We don't want to look. We don't want to see. And I was in that place until not that long ago. It was, again, th- the death of my parents shocks me out of this place that I was in. At the same time, I got acquainted with somebody who ended up hiring me as a business coach. And they had been through horrendous experiences that I only sort of was willing to notice existed. And so this started me down a a, a trail of understanding, for example, you know, the way that uh, satanic cults are really super prevalent in our society, way more than we could ever even imagine. Uh, The the presence of ritual abuse, the whole industry of human trafficking, Mm -hmm. all of all of this. And, And so I knew all that existed, but I hadn't really connected the dots to see, oh, global agenda coming down on us. And one of, you know, the, one of the main reasons that we can find ourselves at this very late date waking up, not, not, you know, not everybody's late waking up like I am. 
but at the same time, the reason that we're we're in this place is because we have stuck ourselves in that fear of betrayal called denial, right? So we just want to have a nice life, and we just want to, you know, do our thing and cuddle up with our cat and read a book and go to a movie and you know get out of our pain. But that pain doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. There can't be enough painkillers. There can't be enough antidepressants or anti-anxieties to solve it, especially when somewhere you have come to earth with a powerful mission, right? It doesn't, it, it makes sleep very uncomfortable. Yes. And as, as like I was saying in my, in my live stream before we started the radio show, it's like we're, we're living in this age where like you said, you know, people, many people have their heads in the sand and it's like the system, like, how it was hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, we had these kings and and groups of royalty who sold us this f- almost, you know, false sense of safety and security so that we can remain in this, like, sense of innocence. We're okay, now we have our food, we have our shelter, and, we're, you yeah. know, we're not going to be invaded, so now we can just yeah. continue with life. And exactly. then, you know, as a collective, I feel like we forgot about all these other realities. Like, can we really trust these people? Do they have our, inten- our best intentions exactly. at heart? Like, are they exactly. really thinking about our growth or do they want just the control? Do they want to manipulate us? Do they want, are they just being selfish? And I think that this exactly. is something that, you know, we're still awakening to in this period of time. Unfortunately, it's taken this long. <laughs> mm. We're going to get it straight soon. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's it's doing that shadow work, realizing that, you know, we, we can't just rely on all these conveniences anymore. We have to actually take a second look at what these people are telling us and what their intentions are. Exactly. And if they're not good, be prepared to put in work to build your own sense of security within your communities. Amazing. Amazingly said. Yeah. You know, we're, we're desperately wanting someone to look after us. If I hear one more person bring up a problem and say the government should do something about that, I'm going to scream. Yes. <laughs> because it's like you said, we're, we're putting our trust in people that clearly don't have our best interest. This is like absolutely obvious to me now, given, given the state of the world and the, the, you know, the curve that we're on, the very fast curve that we're on. So we have to take it in our own hands. So this is, this is the, how the, the nature child begins to awaken and assume responsibility. Yes. Right. right? That, that you can, you can, you can have that innocence, that like really beautiful up close touch, practical oneness with nature, but be wise in that place. And that's what I'm teaching in this, in this uh, online class. Awesome. How do people, like, how do people come to the point, you know, while using, uh, these systems of archetypes how can they use that to come into discovering what their why is and how to better mm-hmm. serve the planet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that that backs up to the uh, the uh, five elemental steps for turning denial and betrayal into sustainable superpowers that's not the title of it uh so it's it's basic like i'll, I'll call it alchemy 101 and it, 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 if we do not have, and this is where a lot of my clients get stuck in their business, and I'm in constant reminder of them asking this question, like, what's the reason you're doing this in the first place? And if we don't have that, then there's actually no basis for manifestation. That's like the foundation, because that's where we're going to get the fire of inspiration from. That's where all the good thoughts, ideas, dreams, and beliefs are going to manifest out of that fire. That's where we're going to uh, reveal all of the feelings that are underneath that. And if we're skillful at releasing that, then we can manifest very easily. 
mm-hmm. through, through our vision. So, so it all starts with that big purposed why. And, you know, because we live in our economic world that we do right now, many people, many women, when they get into a business, they're, they, they, their whys are like, I hate the corporate world and I need to make money. Well, these are not big whys, right? That you, you, you can't have a purpose that is an aversion to something. That's yes. Universe doesn't hear that. Yes. It seems like a, like a, like a low frequency vibration type energy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. Exactly. And as you said earlier, what you resist, what you resist persists. And it's like what the energy that you're living in is what you attract. So if you're living in, in this energy of, of not wanting something, you're just going to attract more of what you don't want. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then if we turn around and it's like, okay, well, I want to, I want to be financially independent it, you know, it's good. You should be financially independent. But if if you're relying on that as your big why, you've, you've actually invested in something that doesn't exist, right? If we if we wake up tomorrow and decide money doesn't exist, it's not there. Poof, gone. Mm-hmm. It it has no it has no uh, actual occurrence in nature. Yes, it, it's, it's it's entirely dependent on our collective belief and agreement that it's a measure of value. And this is something I, I spoke a lot about. Like I was working with this organization called Comer for about a year or two. And I also did some work with ex-defense minister Paul Hellyer on monetary reform. And like, yeah, these, these, these ideas would often come up in our discussions as a group. You know, mm-hmm. why are we why are we coalescing to the system? Why are we collectively agreeing to mm-hmm. have this kind of a monetary system? Where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And and how do we change it? And you know that was that was a huge part of our our mission was to find a way to bring uh, a greater sense of balance into this monetary system that we're living in. Because essentially, if, mm. if we keep allowing ourselves to be controlled by this the financial world, we're gonna we're gonna destroy everything and ourselves. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. need to like mm-hmm. come back to this place where we're living in more harmony with nature. And like you said, money doesn't exist in nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not against it. I teach women how to make money. I read money archetypes. I'm very serious about, you know, I I I, I learned to grow up around money. That was a big hurdle for me some years back. Uh, so, you know, take it serious because right now money talks. People listen. The even even the corporate world follows the money. If all of a sudden everybody's eating organic food, guess what you find on their shelves, right? So. This is a, this is a power we can harness in in this stage of our life, and uh, but we can do it in a way that is, like you said, cooperating with a much bigger why. For example, you know, uh, freedom is always my why. To to see humanity in freedom, to see humanity, like I actually bawled my eyes out. I'm going to do it again. That you know how how deep my desire, my lust, if we're talking Scorpio, to see the 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 natural world mm-hmm. to see life in its natural context, to see humanity in exactly what was intended by nature. This, we don't know. I want to see this in, in my lifetime. And I, I have a vision of, you know, so this is my big why this is why I get out of bed every day. This is why I keep creating. This is what, what drives me and, and is the, the source of like an almost unending inspiration and ability to manifest through it, right? So that that's really working. Now everybody's got, and then there can also be sort of, you know, like I'm a, a huge proponent of ending the the trillion dollar human trafficking industry, for oh, example. Oh yes, so absolutely. That's another right. That's another why. That's a little bit more grounded in in uh, time and space here on Earth. 
<clears throat> but but this moves me. This is something that, you know, we all have our things that are connected to our own inner purpose that, that existed both through our birth and through our experience here on this earth that will make us passionate about something. You know, if we were abused, right, I'll use, I'll use the client I was talking about before, they were, you know, severely abused as, as a child. Unbelievable. So now it, it created superpowers in here and her, and now she is available to help others heal from very deep trauma, right? She's like Mother Mary. She's got these incredible powers. And so that's the ultimate where we can, we can t- create our why out of the ways that we have suffered and we were held back and where we didn't have support. And then you turn around and say, okay, I'm going to be that for somebody. I'm going to actually champion and give them what I didn't, what I never had. That's beautiful. And I think that's, that's, that's a course that I, I, or a path that I talk a lot about with people in my community is that, especially for healers and for trailblazers like yourself and, and myself, it's like we get initiated into our soul destiny, our soul purpose through like going through severe adverse pain in life right. and right. struggles, suffering. And it's through mm-hmm. that darkness that we're able to remember our light. And then we're able to shine that light out into the world and, and inspire others. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I love this this world of archetypes because it you know it, it goes full circle. You start your journey off, you're lost, you're confused, you know, or you think you know what the world is, and then you're shocked to under to see what the world is actually like. You know, mm-hmm. you discover your gifts, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh my god, okay, like what do I do with these gifts? And then along the way, like like we see in the hero's journey, we attract teachers and we attract friends who will help us to better harness our gifts and then we continue on and then we start showing these gifts more in the world or or like contributing these gifts more to the world and Mm -hmm. then we we find that that sense of peace we're like wow this feels amazing Mm -hmm. like i'm not just here to consume i'm not just here to have Mm -hmm. sex and have kids and (laughs) get a house i'm Mm -hmm. here to actually Mm -hmm. express more of my soul Mm -hmm. and to offer those gifts Mm -hmm. to the world Mm -hmm. so beautiful so beautiful. Yeah, if, if you feel like there's time, I can do a quick run on what I what I call, it's the version of the hero's journey that I call the merpreneur's journey. Yes, absolutely. So, Let's dig so into that. Okay, awesome, awesome. So it, it starts with that nature babe we talked about already extensively. Once they're awakened out of that place of denial and uh, no longer fear betrayal, allow it to happen, they don't die, then they rise up into a kind of righteous anger through the rebel archetype. And the big challenge here, because, you know, we're, we can be allergic to the fight. Some of us uh, actually go the opposite direction, and then we're all about the fight. So the, the shadow there being just fighting without any kind of real reason or cause and needing to find the inner purpose, your big why, that you came to earth with. What's your fight? So you can concentrate your energy and not be lost in the sea of wrongs that are out there in the world. Yes. And my friend and I, like, we talk about that a lot, how there's a lot of these activists that, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of getting pulled into so many different directions because there's so many things on fire. But what we, what we often talk about is that like, like you just said, like you have your own soul mission. Mm -hmm. You got called here to do something specific. So you getting pulled in all these directions is actually counterproductive. Exactly. Exactly. So once you know what your fight is, then you move into assuming a deeper level of commitment and responsibility and, and feeling of being a champion for others with the warrior energy. 
And this is where you go to work for others and you devote yourself and you, you go through the hardships, you face the struggles. Uh, the shadow of that warrior being where you um, start to lose yourself. You're, you're so involved in helping others and, and the journey starts to slip into the nurturer archetype where we're taking care of people so much that we lose ourselves, we abandon ourselves. Oh my and goodness, I was stuck in that archetype for a mm, long time. <laughs> a lot of the mermaids are too. That's that's like one of the primary characteristics. They're so desperate to want to help and make changes in the world. They're willing to do it for free or at way too low cost so they don't sustain themselves. So this is a very important stage of of uh, mastering the world, being in business, valuing yourself properly. It's not even valuing yourself, but valuing the transformations you can create properly, having clear boundaries. And that's what allows you to move to the next leg of the journey, which is where we evolve the soul through the lover archetype and the hedonist archetype. And it's where you get to, you know, this is to me the most juicy thing about having your own business. It gets to look and be exactly what you want, right? It's you do what you want, as long as you're able to uh, assume responsibility for it. That's, that's the basis and so the shadows there, you know, the, 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 the Merpreneur's business at that point is a real expression of, of truth and beauty. And then the shadow potential being where we get obsessive compulsive about it and we, and we get lost in the wormhole of our own preferences. Yes. And you, so have, we, you, you like, get that tunnel vision. Mm-hmm, exactly. And we forget the big why. We forget the journey. We for, we, it's all about pleasing ourselves. And that's where it slides off into the next uh, leg of the journey with the hedonist being, you know, reaching a point in your own, in your own journey. Financially, you take care of yourself. You've, you've got the environment that you want and need in order to do your work. It, it seems like you made it, but, but this is a very big trap because in, you know, you can just live and eat in your pleasures and consume everything and rah, 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 but there's no deep soul level, level satisfaction in it. The journey has to go on because until we're all in heaven, nobody's in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and often, I often tell people that I can go off the grid, disappear, you know, have my amazing organic food and my own solar energy and whatever. And exactly. try to be in this bliss. But then seeing that the rest of the world is on fire, how's that going to make me feel? I think I'm exactly. not going to very nice. That's it. Unless That's we're it. all in that nice space. Exactly. So you're speaking the voice of the next archetype I call the maternal leader. She's a kind of royal archetype. And she is willing to assume responsibility, not just for herself, her business, but her whole business culture, whatever you want to call that your community, your people, your tribe, whatever it is. And she has the luxury of spending time really innovating solutions to the problems to putting out those fires that you're talking about. And her downfall the way where she's going to lose energy and get stuck is in the hunger for power right mm. she's loved she's loved adored she's venerated and it's very tempting to just now only work to get more of that empty love and adoration and so in order to move on in the journey and stay true to the mission then she calls in the alchemist uh, the alchemist is a very, very important archetype in this work because it's her magical gifts, the ones that she downloaded through her own experience, that she doesn't have a degree or certificate or anything to show for it. She just knows what she knows. Mm -hmm. um, it's where she pulls all of her magic 
superpowers. I speak a lot of this kind of language, you know, all the so-called and seemingly different things about her. She pulls it into her wholeness. And as we know, the, the whole is so much greater than the sum of the parts. So this is a, a huge theme of how I work with women to take all those fractured parts, their multiple loves, all of the different interests that they have and, and show them how it's actually one person, one journey with one clear, easily valued result that comes out of it. So, you know, I think in a world where we, uh, our economy falls down, we're all going to be self-employed. There is a natural thing here in terms of our value and what we can, what we can offer. So when she, when she inherits her wholeness, then she moves into a totally different dimension rather than individual archetypes. Now we're describing the wholeness, the energy of it being sage wisdom, also very much trickster energy, right? Like this is the, the, the mermaid that she's all trickster. She teaches through humor, through a very sophisticated trickery, but not, not to pull the wool over, but to like pull the wool off. Right mm-hmm. to, to to have eyes open to guide in a way that is that people can uh, relish and and be part of that and and she can move very easily compared to say you know if we go back to the warrior or the rebel like very blunt instruments this is very extremely sophisticated subtle fine instruments that she's working with. I find that I find this whole uh, archetypal world to be so interesting and and valuable. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I feel like everything you hit on, every single archetype you describe, mm-hmm. I can see how I've already moved through a lot of those archetypes. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I feel like I feel like there's something could happen too where you might even go backwards or maybe you've graduated, you know, to one of these higher levels, but then maybe you didn't fully complete something from the other levels and you got to go back and, and do that work exactly. again. Yeah, my my producer is actually yourself. saying we, we got to have you on again for another show because this, okay. this is such amazing, <laughs> uh, such amazing stuff to talk about. Like this is really valuable for, for people, especially if you want to get onto that path of becoming an entrepreneur and doing it on your own terms exactly. and being valued for that. Like this is absolutely essential to understand. And, and it's, it's I, I have no other word, but it's so valuable. It's so amazing. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And again, if you guys want more information about my show and or if you want to send me some comments or suggestions, it's www.kaleoftruth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Kale of Truth. So thank you so much for joining us. And we may have Beth on next next week. So stay tuned if you want to hear more about her work and have a fantastic week ahead. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye.